Yes, indeed. We are back. Listen, today's guest needs no introduction. He is an icon, a living legend, the first <laughs> urban radio personality to earn over a million dollars in salary without syndication. He is Billboard's radio personality and programming director of the year. <laughs> On October 29th of 2020, he was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. Listen, for over 30 years, his sultry voice, warm smile, and piercing green eyes has entertained us. Let me tell you something. Some of you know him as a love bug. Um, most of you remember oh. him as the host of BET's Video Soul. I am talking about none other than one of Detroit's finest, the man, the myth, the legend, Donnie Simpson. Welcome to the show, sir. Wow. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> It needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him a two-minute introduction anyway. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Well, 30 years. Try 55. Yes. That's how many years it's been now yes. on radio. In radio. Yeah, man. Yeah. Long the Donnie time. Simpson Morning Show is what I was talking about. Oh, okay. Over 30 gotcha. years. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, Welcome yeah. to the show, Donnie. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, Lucius. Oh, no. It's, it's an it's honor pleasure. to be sitting Right next to you, man. You know, I mean, you've been a blessing to all of us, oh, but even you, a blessing to me personally. You know, um, I always say that Donnie, I remember when I got furloughed in 2020, Donnie was one of the first people to call me just to check up on me, yeah, make man. sure I was yeah. good. And yeah, yeah. even the deal that we had, my company had with, you know, Podville Media, Podcast Village, you made that happen. Yeah, you, you set up the meeting yeah. with Oscar, so I really appreciate that, man. Well, man, you're a good um, brother, man. Yes, sir. You know, we got to look out for each other. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, Donnie, I, I want you to take us back to the Detroit days. Hmm. Um, 15 years old. Um, your mom owned a record shop, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, I want you to talk about because I always say, like, it must have been amazing you being in the studio with all the greats at the time. So if you could talk about that and when that love for radio was implanted in you. Okay. Well, I remember the, the very day yeah. that I fell in love with radio. Um, you know, my mother owned this record shop in Detroit, Simpsons Record Shop, yeah. from the time I was 12. Mm. And, uh, and I worked it every day, man. I could run the record shop by myself, yeah. you know, at 12 years old. And I uh, always loved music. So to be in there around music, you know, um, to be up on everything, I think has a lot to do with why I'm where I am now. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, I knew the day records came out. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we always listened to them. We'd have little contests with my brothers, you know. Yeah. What do you think about this one, Donnie? I think it's, uh, I think it'll go top 10 pop, number one R&B. Wow. You know, and we'd always get it right. You know, oh, I would wow. always, yeah. And uh, so, so anyway, um. One day, my mother had a live broadcast yeah. with one of the local DJs. His name was Al Perkins, mm. the Percolator. And uh, he came in uh, one that did the show on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And he had a little portable mobile booth that just drove up. Yeah. It was glass and clothes, and he's doing his show from there. Yeah. And uh, he invited me to come in mm. and do the specials mm. uh, twice an hour. You know, yeah. we got the Temptations, Greatest Hits on Sale for two ninety nine, whatever. <laughs> now, prior to that, People would always come in the record shop and go, man, you sound like a DJ. Wow. Or you ought to be a DJ. It was in one ear, out the other, man. I wanted yeah. to be a Baptist minister. You know, that was my <laughs> first ambition in life until I ran into George Clinton. Right. Got sidetracked. <laughs> but um, 
you know, that day when I went in the studio, um, then people would come in and go, I heard you on the radio, man. You sound yeah. just like a DJ. I was like, yeah. wow. But the thing that really did it for me was just watching him do his show. Man, he's got his headphones on. He's sitting there, man. And he's grooving, patting his feet to the music and stuff, man. I was like, man, I could do that. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there. That yeah. was the day I fell in love with radio, man. Yeah. And uh, prior to that, um, this young lady named uh, Labrina, mm. Labrina Price was her name, used to always come into the record shop yeah. and ask me to join this radio stations group called the WJLB Soul Teen Reporters. Yeah. They had one reporter from each public high school in Detroit, mm. but they didn't have one from my school. Got it. Didn't be. So she wanted me to do it again, in one ear, out the other. I didn't have any interest. Man, the next time she came in there after that day, I did the broadcast. Hey, Labrina, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I went and joined the WGLB Soul Team Reporters. They accepted me. Yeah. And um, the very first report I did, uh, the DJ recorded me. His name was J. Hugh Mumphrey. Yeah. The Cat, cat Daddy-O. <laughs> tracking on your raggedy radio. <laughs> and... Uh, so, Cat, as soon as I did my first line, he just hit stop. And he looked over his glasses at me and he said, you have got to be in radio. Oh, man. Like that. It was just, what a moment. I mean, yeah. it's the first time I was ever recorded for radio. And I get that kind of response from yeah. a professional that's doing it. And, uh, man, in, God, no time at all. Yeah. In three, four, five months. I was so popular from doing these teen reports. Yeah. And, it, you know, we it was a 60-second spiel that ran once, maybe sometimes twice yeah. a day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was like, you know, hey, this is Donnie Simpson from Denby High. And, you know, uh, don't forget cap and gown measurements are next yeah. Friday. We yeah. got a bake sale Tuesday. We beat Pershing High last week, 54. <laughs> the lovers of the week are, and our number one song is, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, But because I was this kid with this heavy voice, yeah. I got so popular, man. I was more popular than most of the DJs yeah. from doing one minute a day. Wow. And uh, so they started putting me on on Saturdays for three hours from, yeah. like, noon to three or something like that. And uh, I did that for about three or four months. Mm. And then they asked me to sit in for the guy who did seven to, was it seven to midnight? Yeah, seven to midnight. Mm -hmm. um, no, eight to midnight. Okay. To do eight to midnight every night. Yeah. Uh, they wanted me to sit in for him. They'd just gotten rid of him, and they wanted me to sit in for him for one week yeah. to give them time to find somebody else. I sat there for seven and a half years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. It yeah. was just, I mean, it was incredible, bro. I'm yeah. telling you. I mean, to be in Detroit during that time, man, yeah. it was. Uh, I mean, you was with the greats. With God. the greats. Oh, my God. Man, I'm 16, 17 years old. You know, well, when I started full time, I was 16. Yeah. Because I was 15 when I first started. But by the time I was doing full time, I was either 15 or 16. Yeah. But I, I couldn't even do my whole show live. Wow. Uh, because. The law wouldn't allow me to work until midnight. Yeah. I had to be off at 1030. Yeah. So I would have to go in after school, record my last hour and a half, go home, do my homework, have dinner, go back to the station at 8, wow. go up live from 8 to 1030, put up the tape and leave. Yeah. And, uh, but man, I would be doing the show and Eddie Kendricks from The Temptations would stop by 
and just, just he's just. I mean, it, this happened three, four times where Eddie just came by. He's just sitting there kicking with, kicking it with me. I'm not interviewing him. He's not on the air. He came by with a six pack of beer. I don't drink beer. I'm 16. Yeah, you know. But he's just hanging with me, man. You know, that was Detroit at the time. You know, yeah. I remember playing um, a Smokey Robinson set of music, like four or five songs, right? Yeah. Smokey calls on the hot on the on the quest line. Smokey calls. Hey, this is Smokey, baby. I'm listening to you, man. You know, I put him up and did an interview with him on the air. Same thing happened with, uh, who else did that? Smokey and somebody else. Was it Aretha? Who was it? I can't remember. Yeah. But that was just Detroit. Yeah. During that time, yeah. man. You know. I feel like Detroit is a true renaissance. They talk about Harlem renaissance, but I feel like Detroit is a true renaissance city. Though. Yeah, man. No question. Because Motown. <laughs> and Motown was so hot. It was you know, I would do sock hops at high schools, man. Uh-huh. And they had the temptations with me. Yeah. You know, I mean, just that was Detroit. Everybody was there. Yeah. You know, everybody was there, man. I would look out my window. Marvin Gaye is running down the street with his hoodie on. You know, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we became friends. I mean, I, oh, my God, man. It was just. It was magical. I uh, I was with Ronnie Banks of the Dramatics one day. Mm. And Ronnie's a falsetto singer. And yeah. um, um, he said, oh, man, there's Marvin going in this house. I said, oh, cool. He said, man, let's stop saying hello to him. It's like, cool. So we stopped, man, and uh, Ronnie introduces me to Marvin. And Marvin yeah. says, yeah, man, I listen to you every night. I was like, wow, how cool is that? So he invites me into the studio with him. Yeah. And he says, I'm going in tomorrow night, man. But here, call me in the morning, man, because... I'll get up tomorrow morning and decide to climb Mount Everest, and I'll be gone. <laughs> you know, and listen, the way he said it was like, I'm not trying. You know, some people try to sound eccentric. Yeah. Just, I'm just telling you, dude, that's how I am. All right, that's, yeah. <laughs> and went into the studio with him. I mean, how great is that? Yeah. To have spent time in the studio with Marvin, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, amazing. It I was mean, Detroit, man. But then '77, you came out to DC. Yeah, came you know, to the D. Um, back then it was D to the DC, to the not DC. the D. D to the yeah. DC. <laughs> <laughs> back then it was WRC FM. I remember, but now it's KYS. Like, back well, it was when KYS you... then. When okay, I came, cool. it was WKYS. It was Kiss. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But before that, it before, was WRC. I was about to say, yeah, before FM. it was WRC. Yeah. And you know, before we even go to that, I think that a lot of people don't realize that you, like, you always say your first love is DJing. Um, definitely. Um, and then, but you, you were also a programming director. I don't think a lot yeah. of people realize that you, you were behind, you know, that for, for, for a very yeah. long time. And, and that's my proudest moment really yeah. is, you know, I, I never wanted to be a program director, never even thought about it, yeah. never crossed my mind, but we were coming out of disco, yeah. disco 93. And we had a program director. I mean, that station was just kind of, we were playing some of everything. I mean, just, you know, Little River Band yeah. and the Rolling Stones and, you know, all, but it, it didn't mix. I mean, yeah. I don't know, you, and you know me, my ears are broad. You go based off of the groove. Man, please. <laughs> I listen to, but it's got to make sense. Right. It's got to make sense. And it didn't make sense. The station was just awful. We were in 16th place. Sheesh. And uh, I was the music director at yeah. that time. Yeah. And, uh, but under this program director who yeah. was just, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on stuff. You know, yeah. we'd go into music meetings, man, and he would play, 
I I had two assistants as music director. Yeah. And we would have our music meetings with him. And, uh, you know, he'd play. The, the one I remember most is Beast of Burton by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Man. And he'd go around the room. Well, what do you think of that? Um, I can't remember the guy's names now. John. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, man, I love it. I love it. What do you think of that, Greg? Love it, man. It's great. What do you think of it, Donnie? I love it, but we can't play that shit. <laughs> Just straight up like that. I mean, man, black people don't want to hear that. Right. I'm telling you. You know, and he got tired of that. And I get it. He got tired of that. So he uh, asked for my resignation as music director. And so I wow. obliged him. And then I didn't go to work for like three days, man. I was just, you know, as a matter of fact, I found another opportunity. I was going to leave and go to Los Angeles. Hmm. And, um, but the general manager intervened and called me one day and I took his call prior to that. I mean, the program director kept calling here and I, not here, it was a different house then, but um, Pam would just say, hey, he's not here, he's not here, whatever, whatever. General manager called and asked, said, all right, I'll talk to him. Yeah. And so he said, would you have dinner with me tonight? I said, yeah, let's do that. So I sat down and had dinner with him and told him how I felt about the station. Yeah. It was just awful. I said, that we're in 16th place. Yeah. I said, I'm not used to that. Yeah. I'm used to number one. Yeah. That's what we were in Detroit. Yeah. You know, I just, and he said, well, what's wrong with the station? So I listed all these things, man, no community involvement. You know, the music is just messed up. Uh, just a number of things that I listed. And then he says, would you... Um, Put that in, like, an outline form for me, and we could meet tomorrow. I said, yeah, sure. So I did that, went home, made a tape, showed him why I was had music, certain music. I told him how I had an argument with the program director about Brick House by the Commodores. He wants to argue with me that it's a ballot. <laughs> the biggest dance record of the year is a ballot to this a... guy. <laughs> how is Brick A ballot. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> Yeah, where do you begin a conversation with somebody who thinks Brick House is it's about? about it, yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, um the next day I went in and met with the general manager, gave him the outline, gave him the tape yeah. to show him why I had music where it was, and he yeah. said, Okay. He said, Well, would you implement this for us? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? He said, Would I'm gonna make you program director? Yeah. Would you implement I had no idea he was even considering that. Yeah. I'm just trying to help. Yeah. You know? And, uh, man, I thought about it for a minute or two, I guess, and said, sure. You know? Even though I had never had... Man, all I ever wanted to be was a DJ. Yeah. I love doing my show yeah. and going home. I love being the last person on the list of people to call if something go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do nothing for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just do my show. You know, really... But I think that's why I've had the success that I've had because yeah. I've always had this laser focus. Yeah, I'm on the talent side. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to do anything else. But I did this because we, you know, man. Wow, he said, "Go home, come back at three. Yeah, I will have made the change by then. I went home. He fired this guy. I came back. I was the program director. You talk about a one incredible day, man, going into that studio saying, this is out, this is out, this is out, this is in, this is in. Man, that station skyrocketed, bro. Jeez. In nine months, we went from 16 to number one. Wow. 
you know? And the coolest thing was that it was NBC's first ever mm. number one radio station. Wow. Anywhere in the country. Wow. It never had a number one radio station. Wow. And, I mean, it was just, we were just number one. Man. I, it was just crazy yeah. how big that station became, man. It was, yeah. we were number one in every single demographic. Wow. Every single demographic. I don't Amazing. care what you looked at. Kids, 12 to 17. Adults, 25, 50. Didn't matter. Number one, man. Yeah. So, so that's why I say it was my proudest moment. Because, well, because it seems like everything else pretty much is like, was singular for me. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, I hired the DJs. Yeah. To, you know, put these, this group of people together. Yeah, a team. To yeah. create this 24-hour vibe. Yeah. That was just cool. Yeah. Kiss was a cool station, man. Yeah. There's still websites dedicated to its memory of what yeah. it was then. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. just something that's real cool, man. Yeah. I gave the jocks a lot of freedom, let them, yeah. you know, because I believe in talent, man. Right. You know, you're on the talent side. Yeah. I'm on the talent side, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, program directors, to me, you'd be amazed what you can get out of people mm. when you let them sign their work. Mm. You know, yeah. instead of just implementing what you think is good radio. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, I get into that. I don't want to get into it too deep, but it yeah. just frustrates me yeah. what radio has become. Yeah. I grew up under a different thing. Yeah. We all had freedom. Yeah. You know, and I still do, as yeah. you know. I mean, and it's just like everybody says, you're the only one. Yeah. And that doesn't make me proud. Yeah. It makes me sad. Right. And, and, and it's funny you brought that up because I meant to even ask you down the line, but I'm glad that you touched on that because you've been in the game a long time yeah. and it's an industry that's continuously evolving and changing. And I'm curious to know how have you been able to maintain your lead and, and you keep winning and keep, and keep going all these years? You know what? I, you know, wow. Let's just, I guess it's as simple as being me. Mm. You know, yeah, that's what it comes down to for real, man, because, you know, yeah, things change. But when you're you, yeah, you know, then you're not susceptible to fads, mm. you know, um, hip hop comes in, you know, first of all, I'm open to it. Yeah. I play whatever. Yeah. I mean, I like music, man. Yeah. So I hear that, you know, <laughs> and I don't mean to make it sound like I've. Like, like from the beginning, I didn't think that it would last. It last yeah. yeah, I didn't. I thought it was just a fad. Mm. Here it is 50 years later now. Yeah. Like, wow, boy, yeah. was I wrong on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I didn't resist it. Yeah. You know, I was always open to it, man. I'm always, I'm o- open to everything. Yeah. You know, it's like I've, I've always felt that um, when you make that statement that they don't make music like they used to, mm. you're done. Wow. You're done. Because you're right. First of all, they don't make music like they used to. They never have, and they never, they never will. will. Yeah. It's always changing. Yeah. It's always changing. Perfect example of that to me, and it's a lesson, is Quincy Jones's Back on the Block album. Mm, yeah. It's like a black music history lesson. Yeah. You know, I mean, Quincy, when that album first came out, you know, I was so excited. I've got a brand new Quincy Jones album. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. But I'm expecting... Gula Matari or, you know, the jazz side of Quincy Jones yeah. is what I'm expecting. First thing I hear is, 
Ice T. Let me kick my credentials. A young player, bred in South Central, LA, home in a body bag. You wanna die? Wear the wrong color rag. I used to walk in stores and yell, lay down. You flinch inch, AK spray down. You know, man, I was like, whoa. Whoa. It took me 45 minutes to get past the first song. Wow. I kept backing it. I was in such disbelief. Yeah. L.A. Reid told me he, he did the same thing. Same thing, man. But then you go through the album and you hear, like, we be doing it. It's like, all right, so y'all are doing the human beatbox now? Yeah. All right, my human beatbox is Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald, Bobby McFerrin, and Take Six. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's, so it's just... If this is what you're doing, this how can I adapt to it? Mm. You know, how can I use it in what I do? Yeah, and so, so that's it for me. That that's that's um, you know, that's kind of Quincy's approach to music is my approach to radio and television. It's yeah, whatever's new. Yeah, it's, I'm cool with it. You know, yeah. if I can hear it, maybe there will come that day where I'll go. I just don't get it anymore. Yeah, but it hasn't happened. It yet. hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. I'm. You know, I mean, to the, you know, those radio stations that used to go, you know, man, we don't play rap. Yeah. I go, wow. So you don't know Biggie's flow? <laughs> Whoa. Wow. <laughs> I was trying to write a rap song. Says, so you don't know Biggie's flow, Jay-Z's dope, or Nas's no? <laughs> <laughs> That's ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's amazing you brought a hip hop because I remember you telling the story about the VH1 honors, Houdini, when they were being, yeah, the, and, yeah. and, and you know, you got the call, um, you know, to come over to New York, and you were telling that story about how the respect that you, that oh, you in man. the hip hop community. It was amazing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. They called me Houdini. Yeah. And said, you know, we just feel like we can't be there. We can't have this moment without you being there. You're yeah. so significant. Yeah. To our rise, yeah. you know, through Video Soul. And uh, so even though this is, this is another network, this yeah. was VH1. Yeah. And so I went. And uh, But the day that I was to leave that morning, uh, I did the radio show. And Chris Paul, yeah. comedian who was my sidekick at the time, told me, watch. You're going to be amazed at the respect you get from the hip-hop community. Man, I went in there, bro. I'm telling you, man. I went backstage. It's like every one of them. It was Man, OG, OG. Wow. Man, mad respect, man. Like man, that. Yeah. It was, it was, it gave me goosebumps, man. Because yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I really didn't. And, you know, it's like now you look back on things because um, I was trying to write a book. I, maybe I'll get to it one day and finish it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that forces you, because I was working with someone. Yeah. She forced me to look at so many things and, the, you know, look back at them and you know and I started thinking about how like always thought of video soul is more for R&B music mm. I didn't think about it so much in terms of hip hop yeah but my first guess was the fat boys wow yeah <laughs> right and and then you think about the importance of it to them yeah. if you think that R&B artists yeah didn't have access to television coverage yeah just think what it was for the hip hop community. Yeah. They really didn't have it. Yeah. We were that for them. Yeah. You know, so so I get that. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was talking, I had um, a Big Daddy Kane uh-huh. on just like three, four years ago. Yeah. So, you know, right before the pandemic. And and it was just so amazing because he said something to me was just so shocking. He said, man, he was just showing respect. And he says, man, you know, Donnie, what I loved about you, man, you always showed me respect. You respected me as an artist. Mm. And I was kind of shocked by that because yeah. I'm like, why would I look at you any other way? Yeah. But it wasn't always that way, you know. I mean, for you know, a lot of them weren't respected. You know, they, you know, I, man, I respect everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, not just artists, people yeah. in general. Yeah. You know, everybody's the same to me. Yeah, it's I, amazing. Yeah. You talked about video, so um, that's a good segue. Yeah. When you when you get that call. From Bob, you know, in 83, I think it was. Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, yeah, 83, something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. when you got the call. I remember you were saying you were initially hesitant to. Oh, yeah. Why was yeah. that at the time? Because I know you said something about image and branding and what that meant to you. Yeah, yeah well, you know, I've always felt that I have to be extremely careful about what I get involved in mm. um, because I'm only image. Wow. I can't give you 20 rebounds a night. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's all image. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's real. I don't mean to make it sound like it's something other than what I no, am. No, but I think it's key because you you, you were way ahead of the game because you were talking about image and branding back then. Yeah. Now right. everybody's, brand, but you were way, at that time. I was always aware yeah. of that. that. Yeah. You know, to me, every, everything that I got involved in, I wanted it to be top shelf. Mm-hmm. Always. I don't care what it is. Yeah. It should be top shelf. Yeah. I remember the promoters used to give us tickets for concerts that we, yeah. back at KISS when I was program director. Yeah. And I found out th- th- these are nosebleed seats, you know? <laughs> and I went to them to no more. Yeah. Best seats. Yeah. Or we don't give them away. Yeah. We don't promote the concert if we yeah. don't. Have, because if a listener goes and they get nosebleed seats, then they come back and go, man, yeah, I got some tickets from KISS, man. Man, I don't even... <laughs> Michael Jackson might not even been on the stage, man. I couldn't even tell if it was four or five of them. I was so far back, man. I don't know. You know, it would be better for you never to have given them a ticket yeah. than for that to happen. Yeah. Really. It's better. And so so that's a simple thing, but that's that's the way I've always felt, that you got to – it's always top shelf. So when BET called, um, I was hesitant for two days uh, because – BET in its infancy wasn't a very pretty baby, mm. you know, it wasn't, it was new. It was, you know, they didn't have any money. It was, you know, it just did not look good. Mm. But what it came down to for me was that this is our first black television network. Yeah. If you've got something to offer it, you got to do it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And that was it. It was as simple as that for me, yeah. you know. And I'm glad I did, man. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, what that thing gave me, man, just, um, you know, in terms of, you know, it gave me something radio could never give me. I could be syndicated on every radio station in this country and not get, not have the reach that BET gave me. It put me in every nook and cranny of this country and and several other countries. You know, yeah, and um, that's invaluable. Yeah. And and to yeah, you know, to, to have Bob Johnson say yeah. that there were many days when we didn't think we would make it. Hmm. 
But this man put this network on his shoulders and carried it. Without him, there would be no BET. Man, Man. you know how rich that is? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Like money and all. Please. You know. Well, first of all, money don't mean that much to me. Yeah. Not like that. Something like that. That kind of legacy is what's important to me. Yeah. And to know that you had that kind of impact. Yeah. You know, and help make the first black billionaire in Listen, the world. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, you know so. oh, man, it's amazing. You talk about what it meant to you, but even what video so meant to the culture. It's amazing. All the people, I mean, that, that we have, and, and I would just go over some names and, and you just share some a little bit of story about, you know, your memories about them. I know Whitney for sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Whitney Houston. Oh, my God. Love that woman, man. <laughs> Loved Whitney, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, one of my coolest moments with her, uh, I was at her, God, was it 25th or 30th birthday party? I'm not sure. Yeah. At her house in New Jersey, man. And, um, uh, God, I was out back. I remember walking around the property with Bobby Brown. Yeah. They weren't even hooked up then, you yeah. know. And Bobby's like, man, look at all this, Donnie. This is two albums, man. <laughs> I said, I know. <laughs> two albums. So, but the coolest moment was uh, I go in the house, and uh, so we're in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and she gets a phone call, and so they call her to the phone, and she, she kicks, picks up the phone, and, and she goes, and she shares the phone with me like that. Yeah. It was take six. Yeah. Singing happy birthday <laughs> to her. You know, but what was cool about it was that she cared enough to share that moment with me. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was really cool, man. It was yeah. awesome. Whitney was an awesome person, man. Just wow. really down to earth, real, just, I, I loved her. And man. of course, you know, we would never forget that moment. Um, I think it was Aretha Franklin was singing. And you <laughs> I were, knew you were going to sing. <laughs> I started crying. Yeah, man. <laughs> I started crying. Licious. That was the first was... and the only time that happened to oh, you, Don. Oh, no question. Yeah. No question. Well, it was just so deep for me. You know, yeah. here I am. It's a two-hour special we're doing yeah. with Aretha from her home in Detroit yeah. or just outside of Detroit. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there. She started singing um, The Makings of You, the Curtis Mayfield song. Hey, little sugar, honey, suckle hand. And I just lost it. <laughs> just start crying because here's the greatest voice I've ever heard in my life singing one-on-one. Yeah. Into these ears. Right here. I'm sitting on her throne, the queen's throne, and I don't know how I got here. I don't know. I just didn't know how I got there, man. Like, felt like surely they're going to put me out, you know. I have this thing, man, where I feel like I don't belong mm. or don't deserve, mm. I should say. Yeah. You know, and I guess all of that was in that moment for me. Like, I'm just not worthy of mm. this, mm. you know. I'll even take it to her funeral, man. Yeah. Um, you know, walk down the aisle, and there she is laying there, man. And um, I want so badly to touch her. Yeah. But I don't know if that's allowed. Yeah. You know, I've never been to a royal funeral. Yeah. You know, of a queen. And next thing I know, my hands are on her, man. And the two bodyguards that were standing on either side of her didn't lift me up by my <laughs> elbows and take me out, you know. And I walked away, and I, 
At that moment, though, I realized that the queen belongs to all the villagers. Mm. Yeah. You know, to all the villagers, man. Yeah. yeah you yeah. do have that right. Yeah. She is your queen. Yeah. You know? So, but God, love to read. She, it, there's never been anyone in my life that moves me musically yeah. like Aretha. Yeah. You know, I had an argument with my, an argument with my best friend one night. Wow, sitting right here, as a matter of fact, <laughs> about Aretha Franklin and Whitney Houston. Yeah. And I'm telling him Aretha Franklin's greatest voice ever, and he's telling me it's Whitney. So finally he plays his musician card. He's a musician, I won't tell you his. But he says, you know, I teach voice. <laughs> I said, well, I hear soul. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. You know, I mean, yeah, technically... Maybe you're right. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm not a singer. I don't know. Maybe technically you're right. Yeah. But I'm telling you that just overall feeling, vibe, soul, nobody yeah. moves me like a Man, almost every morning I'm walking, listening to Aretha crying. She makes me cry, man. She's yeah. just so amazing to me. Man. Yeah. Just she just moves me, man. Yeah, it's that church thing that's mm. in her so deep. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just, oh, man. And, you know, and it's it's a lot of clips of making its rounds actually on the internet now. Um, I remember seeing actually this was a picture of you and Aaliyah. Um, mm. it, this it, it, I have it saved somewhere on my phone. Yeah. And you know, I know you have this story of how she was supposed to be on the show, yeah. didn't make it. They sent you a plant. Yeah, you said. Yeah, it's how long she did was you so keep apologetic. that for? Yeah. That, that plant lived for about 13 years. Yeah. And, you know, long after her. Yeah. And um, it meant so much to me yeah. to see this plant in my house every day because I had a piece of this sweet young sister, man, yeah. in my house, man. Aaliyah was a sweetheart, man. Yeah. She really was, man. You know, and from my hometown, of from course, Detroit. Of course. You know, wow. And, and I don't know when this is when you're putting this up, but yeah. uh it just happens to be that today mm -hmm. is the day that she got married mm. uh, to R. Kelly. Yeah. Uh, on this day, and uh this is also the day of her funeral. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah today all that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's she's amazing. a special lady, man. I just would love, you know, she just started the movie thing, man. I just you know, I love watching our successes. Yes. And I hate that I, I mean, not that she wasn't a success. She was. Mm -hmm. She did fantastic. But I think she was getting ready to go to a whole different Something. level, man. Yeah. And I hate that we didn't get to see what that was. Yeah. 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 That's sad. But um, her legacy lives on, you know, oh, yeah. um, in spite of that. And, you know, it was interesting because I think, I think you had everybody on video so there were like only two people that she didn't have on. I think it was Michael and Prince. That's it. Those are the only two. Those are only two. <laughs> already, you know, never had either of them, man. Prince and you were great friends with all. Well, both yeah, we of were them. friends. Yeah. yeah, we were friends, man. But, you know, <laughs> it's so funny how the producers would say, you know, like, God, you, you were with Prince last night and didn't ask him to come on. I said, I don't book guests. <laughs> I love that. That's, you know. And that's by design, Lucius. You yeah. know, I'm just, um, you know, I've always felt that I never wanted to ask my friends for anything because mm. when I call, I don't want them to be like, damn, what does Donnie want now? Yeah. You know, 
And if I call, man, I'm, I'm calling. Yeah. You just, I'm just calling. Yes. You know, yes. that's it, man. That's that genuine connection. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're to be on the show, then somebody else will call you to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not going to call you to do that. You have a funny print story. I think it was um, after the show with David, David Bowie, and then um, they were doing a show. Yeah. Um, the time, at, you know, they were doing a show. <laughs> you, yeah. You, well, <laughs> they, David was on Video Soul with yeah. me. I mean, which shows you, again, the reach of that show. Yes. To have David Bowie and Phil Collins yeah. and, you know, it was incredible. Amazing. It was incredible. But so, so after the show, me and David Bowie are talking, and he's telling me that he's going to Minneapolis yeah. that Friday. This was on a Wednesday. Yeah. So I said, you know, I'm going to Minneapolis Friday because yeah. I was doing a Video Soul reunion mm -hmm. show with the time. Yeah. And uh, so he said, well, you ought to come to the show. I said, I would love to. Mm -hmm. So I, I call my boy Sugar Ray Leonard. It's <laughs> too much name Sugar drop. Ray, yeah. <laughs> Another legend. Raise my boy, man. That's my boy, man. For life. And uh, so I call Ray. See, Ray, man, I'm going to Minneapolis Friday, man. You want to come hang out with me? Yeah. So, yeah, man, let's go. So me and Ray go. And um, so David had a set up at the um, sound engineer's board. Yeah. And it's just like a dozen seats sitting there. This, uh, there. And uh, so as we're going to our seats, you know, I bumped the lady in front of me. And I said, oh, excuse me, ma'am. And Prince turned around. <laughs> what a oh, man. Man, I'm sorry, Prince. He's like, no, nah, Donnie, it's all right, man. It's cool. So a minute or two later, he turns back around. He says, hey, Donnie, I'm having a party tonight at Paisley Park. You and Ray ought to come. I said, cool, man. We'll go. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. So we go. And it can be but 12, 13 people there. It's me and Ray, David. And three of his band members, Cat, yeah. who was Prince's dancer at the time, and, and maybe closer than that, I, you know, whatever. And uh, wow, my my uh, producer Jeff yeah. Newman was with me. Yeah, Jeff. And uh, but the coolest thing is that he played the Black Album that mm. night, and it was notorious. You know, we knew of yeah. the album yeah. because he had drawn it back, but never released it. Yeah. And uh, so, man, we're. I'm, at one point, I'm dancing with Cat. It wasn't to that, but we were playing. It was the Staple Singers. I'll take you there. <laughs> and she's grabbing props and stuff. She's got a cane and an umbrella. And I was like, I'm out of my league here. <laughs> I'm so far out of my league. But um, I was telling Prince that night, man, what a groove this is. Mm. And um, do you know that came back to me from him? Um, probably three, four years later. Mm -hmm. I don't remember where we were, but he says, you know, you're the reason I didn't release the Black Album. Wow. I said, what do you mean? He said, do you remember what you said that to me that night at Paisley Park? You said, this is such a groove. Man. And I was about so much more than that. And I was like, wow, is he trying to be funny? Whatever. He remembered it because yeah. that's exactly what I said. Yeah. And I don't think he was trying to be funny, man. But, you know, and then, and then now, let's fast forward to now. I think about it all these years later and go, God, I wish I would have thought to tell him, groove is all I hear. All you <laughs> <laughs> I just hear groove and vibe. I just, where is it? Lyrics, I have to make a conscious effort to hear them, mm. you know, unless you're going through something. You know, when yeah. you're going through something, you yeah. hear everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's like, you shouldn't have based that on me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just discovering Motown songs. Oh, that's what they were talking about <laughs> 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, but Prince was one of a kind, man. Yeah. It's still hard to believe that he's gone, David yeah. Bowie's gone. Yeah. Wow, Aretha, Michael, a so many people legends. that we've talked yeah. about. Man. When you think about the music today, Donnie, um, I remember one time we had a brief conversation and you were talking about how sometimes you kind of feel a way when you look at these new artists now that it seems like numbers wise, they they are like on the same level of the Aretha's. And it was a different era when you look at it. It's just like back then it was you actually had to sell hard copies of your of the project yeah. versus what it is now. Yeah, it's a different thing now. I don't quite understand it because it's like <laughs> streams and, you know, I mean, you know, when you when I read an article that tells me that uh, Justin Bieber has more number ones than the Beatles. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, but then it's, you know, it's downloads or streams or, you know, something. It's just, it's different. Yeah. So I don't mean to discount what he is. I mean, right. I get it. I have a. <laughs> Well, two Justin Bieber albums. Yeah. You know, his first one, and then I got a Christmas album yeah. that I really like by him. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it's just a different set of numbers now. That yeah. the, I, you know, it's not like baseball. You can't compare <laughs> 60 home runs today to 60 home runs 60 years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you can in baseball, yeah. but you can in music. It's yeah. a different thing to yeah. me, yeah. you know. But I will say this, that forget the numbers. Um you know, when I think about a Prince or a Michael mm -hmm. and you look at what Beyonce is doing right yeah. now or um, um, Taylor Swift, yeah, you know, it's amazing to yeah. me, man. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Just now I look at their numbers and they're, yeah. they're talking about when they come to town, how it affects the economy of, course. of different cities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know Taylor. I never met her. Mm -hmm. uh, I adore her, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a couple of her albums, too, and like what she does. But what I really like about her and the reason that I really adore her is because of that battle to own her music. Yes. You know, because that is something that is bigger than her. Yeah. That is something that will impact artists coming behind her. Yeah. That's a lesson for them. Yeah. You know, and so I really admire her for that. Yeah. Uh, Beyonce, I do know. And mm -hmm. uh, just as sweet as they come, man. And I'm, yeah. you know, just like a proud papa or uncle or whatever, <laughs> man. I'm just so proud of her. Yeah. And what she has done, man. I mean, run, fool! <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, okay. oh, man. <laughs> but but yeah but beyonce man is such a sweetheart and just you know look at what her husband has accomplished yeah. jay-z yeah you know rap people want to put so many people want to put it down you know and i just never have understood that yeah i mean you know i look at um what one thing you got to say about the hip hop community, man? They've taught artists how to make money. Of course, I mean these guys have wines, champagnes, uh, clothing lines. Yeah, clothing lines. 
video games, TV, like TV networks, Revolty, all that stuff, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. Yeah. You know, it was never like that for the Temptations and the Four mm. Tops. Yeah. You know, so you got to respect that. If yeah. nothing else, man, yeah. they that hustle from the streets. Yeah. They brought it to business. Yeah. You know. And I have mad respect for that. Absolutely. Man. Donnie, I'm, I'm interested to know because, you know, Video Soul came back June of this year, actually. Um, and I, I know that's, that's something you've always wanted to do. And I remember calling you just to say congrats when that happened. Yeah. Um, when you look at Video Soul now, what, what would you like for it to do now, especially with the young generation? Yeah, I would love for it to do the same thing it did for the generation before this, yeah. you know? Um to be a vehicle right. that can be used yeah. to launch careers, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, not Well, not just that, but, I mean, for those that have already had successes, you yeah. still want them to come and visit? Yeah. That's what Video Soul always was, yeah. you know? It was Luther Vandross and mm. Lionel Richie and Diana Ross, yeah. but at the same time, it was new and upcoming groups like New Edition. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and ABC and, yeah. you know, I mean, um, that's the way I see it now. That's yeah. the, that's what I want it to be. Mm. You know, yeah. it should, you know, be, for me, Licious, I've always had this thing that I've been blessed with of being multi-generational yeah. in appeal. Yeah. And, and I think it goes back to the, what the first thing was that you asked me about. Yeah. My answer was about yeah. being real. Yeah. You know, I don't. I never make adjustments like in the newest slang. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm sure it's dope, but I don't use it. <laughs> I don't either. You yeah. know, yeah. I don't need to. I don't have to. Because at my age, man, I come trying to use the newest slang. You Right away, you know that's phony. That ain't me. You know, only slang I can still use is cool. <laughs> I will say this. I think that's the only one that's withstood the test of time. Of course. Cool is made it, boy. Yeah, that's that's that, multi-generational, too. It lives. <laughs> you know, but I guess what I'm just saying is that, you know, being you always wins. Always and, wins, yeah. And just not in broadcasting, in any walk in of life, man. Yeah. There's nothing that beats that, yeah. you know. um, I was actually, when I was working with on this book, I was toying with the idea of calling it being me. Because mm. at that time, it was a guy I was working with. that yeah. was, And he thought, man, that's the greatest thing. Because he loved this story that I told. And it was this, that I always felt that there were a thousand people out there waiting to take my place. Mm. That 500 of them were just as good as I am. Yeah. And the other 500 are better. Yeah. The only thing, I can beat them all at is it's being me. Yeah. You can't beat me doing that. Yeah. So I be me, yeah. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, and it really does work in all walks of life, man. Yeah. People feel what's real. That's yeah. that spiritual connection that yeah. we have, yeah. you know, yeah. when you, when you know it's real. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't put on, man, I am yeah. who I am I and it. I'm comfortable with that. I love it. You know, Donnie, I want to know what are you, what, what's on your playlist right now? What is Donnie listening oh to right now? <laughs> you don't even want to know, bro. You don't really want to know. All right, I'll just give you some of the songs just I'm in love with right now. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm still, I've been in love with, for the last year and a half, 
song called I Gotta Know Now. Oh, wow. By The Temptations. Yeah. It's 60 years old. <laughs> I was backstage with them uh, two, three years ago, and I was telling Otis this. I said, man, I'm so in love with this song, Gotta Know Now. And he goes, Gotta Know Now. Gotta Know. I said, oh, Gotta Know Now. I Gotta Know Now. I said, yeah. He said, man, wow, I forgot about that song. I said, I know, man. I said, it's a grace. Yeah. So they started singing it, man. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'll start there, but, I, but God, this song by Billie Eilish called I Love You. Wow. Is, I just love it. I, I like her, and this song is so, it's like, I love you, but I don't want to. Mm. And that's just so deep to me. Yeah. For someone, and this song is probably two or three years old now, yeah. but for someone her age, yeah. To understand that sentiment says to me that she is beyond her yeah, years. Yes. I love you, soul, but I don't yeah. want to. She's an old soul. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I told you I listen to some of everything, man. Yeah. Um, wow. One more. One more. Yeah. One more song. Yeah. <laughs> I like the new ushers. No, you said one more. Let me see. Oh, God. I mean, you can give as many as you want, but I was just saying, if you... Yeah, because <laughs> I have so many, man. I'm trying to think of a you name. Say you like the new Usher? You, you yeah, I like the new Usher. Yeah. New Usher is a good song. I like that. Um, wow. Most, you know, I listen to mostly. Well, I always have my phone on a random when yeah. I walk in the morning, yeah. and it could play everything. I mean, it goes from seriously from Kendrick Lamar to Johnny Cash yeah. to West Montgomery. Wow. To Snoop Dogg, yes, to Vladimir Horowitz, <laughs> to BB King, to Muddy Waters, just like that. Yeah, and it all makes sense to me. Yes, it all sounds great to me. I love it. You know, um, I love, it. I love just it. you know, just music, man. Honey, so, I got, I got to talk about, I got to talk about. You know, you always joke all the time. She's your boo, but she's really your boo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Damn. Well, uh, yeah. First of all, shout out to Pam, you know, for letting us come out here today. Thank you, Pam. We appreciate you. <laughs> um, you know, because I've always believed that one of the most important decisions you make in life is who you marry. Yeah. You know, and it's it's incredible to me that you guys, she's your high school sweetheart. Like you guys yeah. met in high school. Yeah. And you guys have been married forever. Been together forever. Forever. Getting ready you to know? celebrate 50 years this yeah. October ne in another month. Because I, I was like. You were so young. Like, what was it was at the 19. time that made you say, you know, that? Because I'm thinking of 19. She was just cool, man. <laughs> she really was, man. I, I met her on her senior skip day. Okay. <laughs> um, my twin brother actually went to another high school. He yeah. went to the high school that she went to. Yeah. And um, so I actually went there to meet her best girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. Girl named Millie Talaferro. <laughs> And uh, Millie was beautiful, too. Yeah. And pregnant at the time. I oh, didn't wow. even know that. <laughs> but I met Pam, and I was just blown away by her, man. Yeah. She was just so freaking cool to me. Yeah. And uh, got her phone number, and I went against, you know, you know, boys, you know, always think we're cool, man. I had this policy, man. It's like, yeah, I don't call you in, for a week. <laughs> for a week. I don't want to seem anxious, you know. Right. Man, I called her that night. <laughs> and you see what happened? That's why you had these policies, right. man. I got caught. <laughs> the rules. 
Listen, this is your rules, man. You got to break the rules. Y'all kill me with the rules. Got to wait three days to call. See what I'm saying? Like, do yeah. you. <laughs> so, so it just, I mean, the rest, it was just, I mean, it was just instant. I just loved yeah. her. Yeah. Um, and it's so cool. Our first song, first song that we both loved together to consider, you know, we considered it our song. Yeah. Was Al Green, Let's wow. Stay Together. Let's Stay Together. How oh, perfect is that? Man. And here we are getting ready to celebrate our 50th. And, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's an awesome thing to me. Yeah. It's the most awesome thing in life for me yeah. is to see my high school sweetheart now in the role of grandmother. To have seen that much of someone's life is a blessing, man. Yeah. You know, to have shared it with her. Yeah. And, and, you know, and she's so awesome as a grandmother. And so that I, I really love, man. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was made for a different kind of life for me early on because, yeah. like, I never got to experience a college life, yeah. the college life that most people have. I never lived on campus. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a house yeah. <laughs> with a wife <laughs> and a child a year later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just different for me. Yeah. But, but, um, I was having this conversation with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis one day, uh -huh. and they were saying that they, very interesting. Well, Terry said it. He uh -huh. said that this is the very, well, one of the main reasons that you have been successful uh -huh. is because you had your foundation set so early. Wow. You know, he said, me and Jimmy, man, out there trying to find what you got. Mm. You know, you got that at 16 years old. Yeah. You know? You know who you want to be with, yeah. you know, and uh, and I think it's true. I think that yeah. it, that does have a lot to do with it. Yeah, man. We, it's we, been it's been very good for me. It's I wouldn't have done it any other way. When you she, think she would have, she said that, <laughs> but I wouldn't. <laughs> and that doesn't make me feel so good. Let's just, I'm laughing, <laughs> but it hurts. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm laughing because this thing, you know. Because I'm on the talent side of right, things. Right, So I see it as funny. Yeah. You know, that's a funny thing to say. Right. But it hurts. But it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Johnny, when you look at you guys' life together, if you can share something, maybe just three things, you know, maybe one, whatever. But when you think about how long you've been together, some tips, secrets that you can share. You know, um, to, you know, the young couples out there right now who yeah. might be listening or watching. Okay. Well, I'll give you one. Um, well, I'll give you three. Yeah. Um, communication, communication yeah. which is what she always argues against me. <laughs> like, you know, like I have a problem communicating. Yeah. So, which is funny because that's my business. Yeah. And maybe I'm not as good at it as at home mm -hmm. as I should be. Yeah. You know, so. But that's been a 50-year process, man. Still working on that. <laughs> Still working Being able to on communicate, it. Yeah. You know? um, number two, I bought a T-shirt that says it so well. It says, my wife says I have two problems. I don't listen and something else. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot because you don't listen. Y'all get it? Y'all get it? <laughs> So listening is important. Yeah. Uh, which will take me to the third. Yeah. And that is not listening mm. to the small stuff. Man. Mm. You know, cookie crumbs on the counter and crap like that, man. And then you address it. Next thing you know, you're in a 
three-day Cold War yeah. over some damn cookie crumbs. <laughs> Just ignore the small, yeah. simple stuff. If yeah. you ignore it, five minutes, you won't even remember it was said. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? So, really, that's yeah. that's an that that's a big one to yeah. me. Yeah, it's just. I nice. would say, Donnie, in closing, if you can just share something with the next generation of on-air personalities, DJ, entertainers, TV hosts, what what's one thing that you would say to them right now? Oh man, be you, mm. be you, you know. And I, I think it's hard. Well, first of all, it's hard. I didn't come in being me, mm. you know. And I don't think anybody does. You come in being, I think, uh, a mix of styles that mm-hmm. you thought did good radio. Yeah. You know, there's no way around that because you're listening to people and you, wow, that's really, you know. So I can remember being, you know, up temple, upbeat, you know, it's mm-hmm. a Donnie Simpson, WJLB, blah, 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 you know, just this, certainly not this laid back. Yeah. Biggie Smalls kind of brother. Now, the you know, love no, bug. I, I shouldn't give myself that. Ain't, ain't but one Biggie, baby. Don't no. go there. Don't go there. You're the love bug, You're though. You're the love bug. <laughs> but, but, you know, it took me, wow, 12 or 13 years yeah. to find me. Mm. And I remember very vividly the morning I was doing my show and felt like, wow, I'm me now. Yeah. I'm not trying to be Cat Daddy-O or Teddy Richards. Out of CKLW, out of Canada, or Jay, what was my teacher's name? Jay was Jay's last name. Oh my God, I went blank. God, he he was really great on WJR in Detroit. Did a show called Night Flight Seventy Six, yeah. and uh, I went, it, you know, very very laid back style. Did that for a while, try, you know, just trying to find myself. Yeah. And uh, but then that morning, man, that I realized that I am me yeah. now. Bruh, I'm telling you, it's like finding your stride, man. It's like, I'm good now, yeah. you know? And then it, that's when it really gets good, when you find you. So, but when you find that, then be it, you know? But, but you know, Licious, it's just, it's easy for me to say that because I came up under a different time yeah. when you didn't have all the restrictions that they have now yeah. on talent, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Now, it's hard for talent to express themselves. You know, it, it saddens me greatly, man, to know that there are so many young people out there with great ears that will never get to express themselves musically, you know. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate to come along at the right time where I could do that, Yeah. you know, uh, to break music. To, yeah. Like, and I always felt like that was one of my jobs, man, turn you on to music, man. You know, say, man, I hear this is something, check this out, man. See how you like this. Yeah. This is Benny and the Jets by Elton John. And boom. <laughs> thing just blows up, man. Yeah. I mean, one of the most amazing moments in my career. Yeah. Because of being me, playing this song that from somebody I know, well, they don't really know Elton John. Yeah. But, man, this song, what a groove, man. Yeah. Boom. And it happens, man. And, um, but, you know. I don't know. I hope it changes, but I just wish that talent had, um, that they gave them the space yeah. to create. To create. To, yeah, to, to and, do and what I they think, do. You know, you're already even venturing into that with, because my point is like, there's now different outlets where they can do that. It's like even 
with the podcast. And then you yeah. launched that in a different um, outlets now that people can can break into the industry. You yeah, know? right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very exciting time, I think, yeah. especially for like television. I yeah. think about it like um, you look at all the different ways you can bring yourself to people now. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go through that green lighting process yeah. that is Hollywood yeah. anymore. Yeah. You can take direct, start your YouTube channel, yeah. do whatever, you do know. Thing. You can, yeah, you can do your thing in so yeah. many ways now, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. You know, this is fantastic. It to is. Me. It's you amazing. Know, I'm sitting here with you doing this podcast. Yeah. You know, this is so cool, Look, you know, <laughs> to see you doing your thing, Thank man. You, sir. I, you know, I Thank love you. that. Thank man. you. Yeah. Speaking of breaking songs, I remember the story of Lionel Richie told the story of, um, Jesus is love, mm. you know, when he said that song would never be what it is if you did not. Pl- I, and I remember oh, being privileged. Oh yeah. Being really? privileged to be in the studio when you would always end your show with that song. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, well, man. wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Lionel, Lionel is my man. <laughs> that's my man. He's a cool brother, man. Lionel is so, you know, I always use his name when, when I talk about like, you know, people know I've you know met some of everybody yeah. during the course of my life, yeah. and that it's been my experience, and I talk to other celebrities that feel the same way. Yeah, that the bigger they are, yeah, the more down to earth they are. Mm. And I always use this example: yeah. that Lionel Richie doesn't have to try to prove he belongs on the first rung of the ladder. <laughs> you already know, right? You yeah. already know, yeah, right? It's those guys that are on the second rung trying yeah. to be lo- the convince you that they belong on top yeah they're tripping yeah those that already you already know yeah. you, you know what Lionel Richie yeah. is yeah. you know and uh but for me when I heard that album man and I'm grooving all the songs and everything but then the last song was Jesus's love yeah I was like wow this is awesome first of all the song moved me so much man but then secondly to think that you close out what is basically a dance album with this song to all right, we're gonna dance, we're gonna do our thing, we're gonna get it in, but let's give it back. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. And that's what I decided to do at the end of my show was yeah. to play this song. And, and I'll have to give another credit to a woman named Martha Jean the Queen, mm. Steinberg. Yeah. A sister named yeah. Steinberg. Yeah. <laughs> out of Detroit. She was uh on the same station I was on in Detroit. And uh, every day at noon she played a song by James Cleveland called uh, Without a Song. Oh my God! What, a, man, great song, yeah. man. I'm telling you, from the first note when James comes in, man, it's just like goosebumps. Yeah. And uh, she played it every day, and so that's kind of how I got that idea. Yeah. You know, from Martha playing a spiritual song. That's probably where it was planted. Because yeah. I remember getting out of class when I was in college, and I would make sure I was in the car. Yeah. To listen to that song every day. At noon, man, yeah. I wanted to hear that song. So that became the same thing for me at 9.55, at the end of yeah. my show, yeah. every day. Um, but, man, that song, it became so hot because we were just killing everybody in the ratings, right? <laughs> at one point, man, it was three or four stations playing it at the same time. The guys I'm competing with yeah. are playing that song, try, trying to fool try people. <laughs> Because I remember a reporter asking me about it, and I was like, "Man, it's man, I don't have any problem with it, man. It's if it's spreading that word, yeah, you know, 
that Jesus is love, yeah. man, go ahead. I hope it, let everybody play yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I've never, you know, I love that, yeah. man. But it just showed the, showed the strength of the show, too. Yeah. But it's awesome that Lionel remembers that, oh, man. Oh, yeah, of course. He, he, he was here for the, um, when he got in, um, the Kennedy the Center Ken- honors. Um, yeah. Like three or four years ago. And uh, Bob Johnson had a party for him. And uh, I went. And um, it was so awesome because Lionel was telling his girlfriend about a moment in his career that I was a part of. Yeah. And that was when he was getting criticized for sale long. Mm. Okay. They were, it saying so, they were saying he sold out. That he sold out. Yeah. Right. And I came to his defense and wrote a letter to the editor of, I think it was Billboard magazine or Cashbox. I'm mm-hmm. not sure which. And they printed it. And in it, I was saying, you know, basically, why do we all have to do the, the same, same thing? thing? Yeah. You know, that if this was such, if this was a flagrant attempt to uh, cross over for, I said, man, this Lionel is a country boy from yeah. Alabama. Yeah. This is in him. Yeah. You know, and the thing that you fail to realize is that he's helping so many others cross over yeah. behind him. You know, and I said, man, forget the critics, Lionel. Say along. Say along. Say along, man. You know, Donnie, when I think about it, it's something else I wanted to touch on. Um, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is how you talked about using th- this person in this role, in this capacity, as your way to fix the discrepancy, you know, in the pay between whites and blacks. And I'm talking about Melvin, um, Lindsay, you know, um, you know, and I want you to to touch on that. Damn. You listen, don't you? (laughs) My man. Wow. Yeah. Well, Melvin Lindsay, for those around the country that might not know, Melvin Lindsay was a DJ here in DC. He created the quiet Quiet storm. storm. You know, he really did. I mean, that thing to create a format yeah. is amazing, man. Yeah. And um, you know, I fought to get Melvin into the Radio Hall of Fame because of that. And uh, the year after I went in, Melvin went in. Yeah. And I'm so proud of that, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, all all the joy that was that moment when I got that call. You know, it's like you always see athletes get. Got that call for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. When you get that call, man, it is a moment, bro. Because it was something I never even thought about. Mm. But it's a moment. Yeah. You know, and then to be in there with Red Skelton and Abbott and Costello and Howard Stern and, you know, Martha Jean Queen, who I mentioned. It's just, it's it's amazing. Anyway, all the joy that that moment was for me. If you take that and multiply it by about 100 thousand yeah you might get to what it felt for me the next year mm. when melvin when i got melvin in because yeah. i'm on the nominating committee yeah and um man you know I, 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 because of this and not just him but there have been some other brothers too that have come in since that that i'm so proud of man um in my induction speech i was telling him that First thing I did when I found out I was being inducted was I went online to see not who was in there, but who wasn't in there. Mm. And I was looking for one name, Frankie Crocker. The greatest that ever did it to me. You know, out of New York, man. Frankie Crocker was, this is Frankie Crocker. 
With more dip in your hip, cutting your strut, glide in your stride. Ooh, push, baby. It's Frankie, baby. He was, <laughs> Frankie was so smooth, man. Oh, my God, he was a killer, man. God, I love Frankie Crocker, man. And he went in that next year, too, because we got a legends list in there. Yeah. But, um, because he's deceased. Um, but in my induction speech, I was saying that, no, I went in to see who wasn't there when Frankie wasn't there, and it said to me that this isn't legit. Mm. I shouldn't be in there before Frankie Crocker. Wow. You know, I mean, how can you not have Frankie Crocker in there? That's yeah. the way I felt about it. And, uh, and I said, you know, for too long, those that have lived on the right-hand side of the radio dial mm. have not been recognized, you know? And, uh, you know, I mean, I know, you know, you're calling some people out, but I don't care. I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. And here's the moment to do it, you know. And, uh, you know, for me, it's like I always felt like um, us is always bigger than me. Yeah. And so that's why I feel the joy that I feel, you know, in the years after my induction more than, the, than, than, than my induction. Yeah. It's more important to me to see these other people represent it, man, yeah. than to see me represent it, you know. Yeah. Um, but Melvin. Melvin. He was on a competing station on WHUR. Um, I was on KISS. We couldn't beat him. I mean, that's the only, t- only thing you couldn't do. You c- we're number one everywhere, but at night right. against Melvin. Yeah. You couldn't beat Melvin. Yeah. I mean, Melvin, you didn't even need a radio if you lived in D.C., man. Yeah. Just open the window. It just came out, yeah. It was the air yeah. that D.C. breathed at night, man. Yeah. It really was, man. Yeah. So finally, I hired him away mm. from WHUR. And, um, but it was two reasons. One, because I want to win. Yeah. I want him on my team, this guy. But maybe even more importantly than that, because overall we do win as a radio station, was that, you know, I always felt that the, I hated this discrepancy in pay yeah. between blacks and whites yeah. in radio. You know, when I was in Detroit, man, my station, we were a thousand watts. 250 at night when I was on, and I'm killing the 50,000 watt yeah. white station. Yeah, that guy's making fifty thousand dollars a year. I'm making twelve. Wow, right, man. It's always bothered me. Yeah, it's always bothered me. So I always felt like that was my charge. Yeah, was to be a part of this correction. Yeah, and um, so. I was doing well, you know, I was making top morning man dollars, you know, yeah. Uh, But Melvin, I wanted to bring Melvin over because he was the only guy that I could give this kind of money to. I mean, mean, at that time, and I'll give you numbers because it's the only way for you to really understand it. Um, Top morning men were getting like a five-year deal worth uh, a million dollars. So, you know. 200,000 per year. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was doing more than that because I was morning man and program director, Director. you know? So anyway, um, you know, the other day parts, man, maybe been making 35, 40,000, something like that. Yeah. You know, I brought Melvin in at morning man dollars, five years, million dollars. And it meant so much to me because, he was the only 
person on the face of this this earth that I could do that for. They yeah. would understand it. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, <laughs> some people probably look at me as not a like a good manager, but I couldn't wait to get these white folks money away. I couldn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, y'all making plenty of money, you know. <laughs> Really, this is about that correction for me, you yeah. know, and and I know I can do it. I yeah. would have told them that, too, at yeah. that time. Yeah. What are they going to do? They ain't going to fire me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're making too much money. You're number one station. Yeah. And, and this is only going to make us a bigger number one, yeah. you know. And so to their credit, they understood it, yeah. and I got it done. Mm. Um, but that was significant, man, to see this brother working from 7 to midnight making that kind of dollar. Yeah. Back then, yeah. was huge to me, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I love that, man. Yeah. I love that. That was awesome. Oh man, Donnie, I could talk to you forever. I always say that when I grow up, I want to be like you, like well, you know. But choose one, bro. You can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> you can't grow up and be like me. But <laughs> oh, but thank you, man. Oh, I, no, I appreciate that. When delicious. I think about, I always, I we joke about this all the time. I'm like, you know, sometimes people have, they have the career success, you know, but not the success in their personal life. I'm like, when I look at you, to what you mentioned um, in course of this interview, that you, you, I feel like you have both because yeah. you had that personal success, the foundation, meeting the love of your life so early on, and to have the career success as well. That, to me, yeah. you know, is the epitome of success, well, you know, so, and that's what I aspire to. Wow, well, um, thank you, Lucy. No, I thank you so that, much. Um, That's awesome. I don't know if Thanks. you've ever thought about this, but in closing, when you think about your legacy, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, it's really simple. Yeah. He was a nice man. That's yeah. what I want people to say about me when I'm gone, man. Yeah. So, you know, um, radio success, television success, all. I mean, that's great, you know. Um, you know, my marriage, my kids, uh, that's way more important. Yeah. Um, but all of it ties together to that one thing to me, to being nice yeah. to people. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, man, it's another story, but I'll try to make it quick. It's all good. We're doing the Quincy Jones back on the block special yeah. from his house in Los Angeles, two hour video soul special. I get lost going to his house in Bel Air, and uh, I stop this guy who's walking down the street who had the greatest smile I've ever seen. White guy. Just, and so I, I said, Do you know where Quincy Jones lives? Yeah. Just go up here two blocks, make a right, blah, blah. Good to see you like that. Like it was Tony Curtis, the great actor, the legendary Tony Curtis. And. I still see his face so clearly right this moment. Every moment of my, every day of my life, I see his face. Yeah. And the joy that was in him yeah. was just so amazing to me. That's what I want people to see when they see me. Mm. You know, to see that level of joy yeah. that God has graced me with. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Career, family, all those things, yeah, are, have been good for me. Have been, 
you know, awesome, man. But they all tie into that one thing, that, that happiness, that joy that's inside, man, that, um, that I always want to wear here, you know, that I want you to see it, man. Yes. You know, well, I I don't even know if it's that I want you to see it. You can't help but see it. I see it. Yeah. You can't help but see it, man. You know, it's like this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. Yes, sir. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And we're going to close on that note. Thank you so much, Donnie. God bless you, brother. Thank you, man.